This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 151 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much. Um, if you subscribe to us on a weekly basis, if this is the first time that you've ever come across us, please subscribe. Go to our website, fightdisciples.com. It's all on there for you. If you use iTunes, you can search us up on Fight Disciples as well. And we're all on social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's a new Facebook, by the way. I've been telling you for a couple of weeks now that, um, yeah, I did something a bit dodgy. Uh, we've got a new Facebook page, so go and like it. If you've previously liked the previous page, maybe of about six months ago, uh, you'll have to go back in. Search up Fight Disciples on Facebook. Find our new page, hit the like button, and then you'll never miss out on any of our daily content. And we've got some good videos coming up for you, um, especially as we build up towards Tony Bell, you David Hare. We've got some great videos coming up. Uh, in the build-up to that fight, which you will be able to catch on our social media page. Also on our social media, you will have seen that we've added to the trophy cabinet. Uh, Last Thursday, myself, Nick, and the rest of the team uh, went to the Etihad Stadium in Manchester for the O2 Media Awards. Um, We are, well, I say we are, tomorrow's show, tomorrow's download, our Radio City talk show, is officially the best sports radio show now in the northwest of England. Uh, so thank you very much for all your kind messages for that. Uh, we narrowly missed out on being the best sports programme in the northwest of England to uh, Granada's coverage of the Olympics. We got beat by a TV show, which is not, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. take that. We'll take yeah, exactly. that on the chin. We'll take exactly. that. Uh, but thank you very much for all your uh, kind messages and all the insults towards, one, my tie, and two, Nick's keks, which he was wearing at uh, on Thursday night. Now, Nick, text me right. This is—I don't know whether your mates do this to you, but Nick likes to get involved with uh, the attire that people are wearing for mm-hmm. nights out. He loves the text on that. He loves their conversation like that. It's something my wife would do on a on a regular basis. Uh, but he sent me a message Thursday morning. What's dress code tonight? Is it suit? Is it black tie? Is it suits? What's up? What's the crack? So I went on and had a little bit of a nosy, and it said lounge suits and cocktail dresses is what came back, right? So I said, listen, mate, we can't go in our jeans or anything like that. We've got to get tackled up. We've got yep. to get a gear on, all right? Yep. So I gets me gear on, and all right, I might have worn a shocking tie, but thank you very much for giving me abuse for that. That tie was shocking. Mm. It didn't uh, actually look that bad in the flesh, but it photographed horrifically. Did it? It mm. looked horrific. It's all right, it's gone in the bin. I bet it has. <laughs> now, we've got... Other members of our team, Young Mike, producer. We've got Greavesy, who looks after all the sales. We've got Stephen, who basically tells us what to do, when to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all turn up in their gear as well. Black suits, nice bit of shirt and tie number. Oh, not not, not Nick. He can't conform to a lounge suit. He just can't do that. He thinks to himself, right, I'm going to create my own vibe is what mm-hmm. I'm going to create. Now, you might remember, was it last week's show or two weeks ago? When two I sta- weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I started yeah. talking about Nick's tartan trousers, right? That, that purchase that he made... 12 quid purchase, weren't it? 12 quid, on sale. Mm. Um, and he wore them for the show, and I just ripped him for the whole duration of a programme. He only went and bloody wore them at, on this Thursday night, didn't he? He rocks up in these tartan trousers, right? He looked like a member of the Bay City Rollers, like <laughs> Rod Stewart on smack turned up. But it, no, 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 that wasn't enough. If he'd have just gone with the trousers and maybe a nice blazer and a shirt and tie number, I'd have gone, do you know, Nick, fair play, man. You've got balls of steel. You've come strutting into here like Conor McGregor. I'll give you that, mate. No bother. No, he has to wear a flat cap and scarf and make himself look like a cast member of Peaky Blinders. 
Explain yourself, I was mate. Working the peaky black. It was freezing. It was absolutely freezing. I've been the Etihad before, and know it's freezing as well. Especially when you come out at like two o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. You weren't laughing then, were you? When I had the nice hat on, scarf on, nice and snug, I was warm. Seeing that we had we had been on the Jaeger bombs yeah, by then. So I've been really feeling the cold. Didn't feel yeah. nothing, mate. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing regarding the Jaeger bomb thing, right? So our award's been and gone. We yeah. had to wait for, obviously, the uh, overall award in our category, which we didn't uh, end up picking up. So Nick threw his toys out the pram, right? Went straight to the bar. He goes to the bar. I went to join him. Uh, and I noticed that he'd ordered Jaeger bombs for the table. Yep. We're having a bit of a laugh about it. Look at us. The right. best thing was they saved them in John Smith's well, that's pint where, glasses. Well, that's where I'm going, right? Because <laughs> the, the the lad looked at us like we had two heads. Mm-hmm. He served these Jaeger bombs up. And as Nick had paid for these Jaeger bombs, he looks at me and goes, sorry about the John Smith's pint glasses. We don't normally get asked for that here. Right? <laughs> I went, what do you mean? He goes, well, this is a, like a corporate fine dining the area. executive lounge. The executive lounge of Manchester City, right? We don't normally get asked for stuff like that. We get... Yep. Have you got a certain brandy? Have you got a certain wine? Not have you got yet a Jaeger bomb? So there you go. That's why we got John a bit. Smith's glasses, though. So you know, yeah, they went, hey, get off that high horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're mixing with the commoners now. Uh, anyway, um, Nick decided not just to go in once, twice, three times straight in. Come on, again, again, <laughs> again. It was uh, it was all fun and games until we got shushed, wasn't it? That was uh, that was a little yeah, bit, yeah. little bit, little bit naughty. Like getting thrown out of an award ceremony is like not necessarily the thing no. to do. But we are the fight disciples, and people will probably expect that from a, exactly from lads that make that type of content. Exactly. Mm. So we fit the stereotype perfectly. Yeah, we did. Uh, and then obviously rocked on into town. Yeah. Had a little bit of a dance. Had a little yeah. bit of a mess about. Um, I remember the last thing I remember was eating a kebab on Deansgate with Craig, our sales guy, mm-hmm. at about four o'clock in the morning, trying to flag down a taxi. Uh, and you ended up having a row with a taxi driver, didn't yeah, you, on your way home? Because we negotiated a, a, a taxi back to Liverpool for 60 quid. And then when we got, I kicked Mike out, we kicked Steve out. And then I got to the bottom of my road and the guy was like, OK, you need to give me 80 quid. And uh, Now listen, six foot four, Nick Pete, <laughs> full of Jaeger bomb. I was bomb. tanked by then you as well. You don't want to be having that type of discussion with him outside his gaff <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, do you? I know, so... Uh, I remember giving him the 60, getting out the cab, and then inviting him after, out of the cab for the, <laughs> for the other 20. I said, get out there, I'll give you the other 20. Get out. He, he could have probably just got out, pushed me over, I was that pissed, and lifted me wallet out my pocket anyway. But yeah, that was like, come on then, if you want the other 20, get out the cab. I'll fudge you for a pound, I will! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dick. Uh, anyway, all good times. Thank you so much yeah, for your kind comments as crack well. Yeah, it was a good crack and light, And also, thank you very much to the geezer on uh, Facebook, who's told me to wind my neck in, right? He's told me to wind my neck in, because I keep complaining on a week-to-week basis that you're cheating on me with all these other people, right? He yeah. said, Adam, calm down, stop doing it, stop going on about it, you're getting bored and you're getting annoying. So I decided to respond to him and said, listen, we just won an award, so tune in next week because I'm going to be double annoying, right? <laughs> I'm taking it to the next level of annoyance uh, on the show today. But anyway, thank you so much for your kind messages uh, on social media. Uh, let's get stuck into uh, the fighting at the weekend. There was so much going on. Did you watch most of it? Because obviously oh, you were you were playing you were playing around with someone else. Like you know, it's great that I thought that was going to be the lead into this part of the show. No, Did you it. see any of it, Nick? Because obviously I was on national radio playing with somebody else's balls, tickling someone else's hairy balls. Are you gonna <laughs> you gonna mention that, or we're we just gonna skate over it? Skate. Okay, because I was at home working. You know, I was at home making notes for the fight disciples, yeah. doing what I do. Mm. You know, Jane's in bed, the kids are in bed. I'm in the living room till six a.m watching fights for this show. Mm. 
you're in London, wine and dining with all kinds of fancy London types, having the time of your life. You know, I just thought I'd bring it up. Just thought I'd bring it up. In answer to your question, yeah, I did get to see some of it because I had multiple screens where I was. (laughs) (laughs) Fancy London. Yeah, fancy London with multiple screens. It's very difficult, actually, when you've got multiple screens to concentrate on one particular fight and be across everything. I was more interested in the Josh Taylor fight, if I'm honest. I know that Beefy's going to kick my head in for that. But I was more interested in the Josh Taylor fight because... But that of... just finished, basically. The timing was perfect yeah, for yeah. it. The challenge of, obviously, uh, taking on Vasquez, a former world champion, yeah. a geezer that hadn't minced around in that particular division. I thought to yeah. myself, has he got him at the right time here? Yeah. Is, is Vasquez just on the decline, just enough for uh, Josh Taylor to take full advantage? I thought it was a tricky fight. It was a little bit nip and tuck. But then the finish from Josh Taylor in the ninth round... You'd have been bloody jizzing all over the gaff with your body shot, wouldn't that you? That was, honestly... You love a body incredible. shot. Absolutely incredible. I've got to be honest, I had to watch that fight back because I was, by then, I was engrossed with BT Sports coverage because Josh Leather and Glenn Foote yeah. had an absolute little war there. And it was... Uh, and there was a bit of needle in the press conference, which kind of added to that as well, <clears> Well, wasn't it was it? Middlesbrough against Sunderland, wasn't it? They yeah, had a little yeah, bit of local yeah, yeah. rivalry going and stuff like that. And uh, Leather, of course, was 12-0 going in and was protected, so Glenn Foote was saying. And Glenn Foote was like, you know, I'm an old statesman, I'm going to take it to you. And then he goes and drops Leather in the second round and they end up going have an absolute barnstormer. And I don't know if you caught it back, but Leather... You know, he, he dug deep and he and he and he ended up getting the decision. It was a close fight; probably could have gone either way. But I thought Leather deserved it down a stretch. So, but that kind of that fight, watching that, I was so engrossed by it, it took away from me fighting, watching Taylor properly the first time. So I had to watch Taylor back again yeah, yeah, yeah. to see the full magnitude of what he produced. But man, to do that against the former two-time world champion, the man that he did, and you know, because first I time he's ever been stopped, Vasquez. It, it's just it, that's what made it so special because I was like, okay. Because I was flicking backwards and forwards, as I say. I couldn't take my eyes off leather and foot, but I had to be over watching Josh Taylor because I, I was so intrigued by what a massive step up it was. But from it was only when I watched it the second time, I thought, wow, Vasquez came to win as well. Yeah, he never yeah. came for a payday. Yeah, yeah. He never came thinking like, okay, yeah, I'll get a, I'll get weighed in here. You know, I'm at the end of my career. He came to win that fight. It was a good fight. It was competitive. Then obviously, uh, Josh Taylor got the cut and everything else. It was a pretty bad cut. But to keep us cool like that, and again, just to come back to where you were going with this, that finish, mate. Mm. You see, oh. mate, that propels him into. We wow. said last week on last week's show, didn't it? If he comes through this and he comes through this in style, he he leaves the others behind. The other guys that we put in that pot with him, all the British lads, yep. your Jack Catterall's, your Tyron Nurses, O'Hara, yep. all those lads, even yep. Robbie Davis Robbie Jr., Davis, all, the, all those yep. kids. We had them all in the same pot at the start of 2017, didn't That's we? Right. Now. He's miles. He's, he's he's two, three rungs ahead of them guys now. Yeah. With that victory and what he's done this year, he's had an absolutely phenomenal year as Josh Taylor. Yeah. And Barry's right with the comments that he was making off the back of that fight. He's won two fights away from getting in with proper contention. Josh is talking about having a crack at the European title and he against uh, Anthony Yidget. Yeah. Which is fair enough. That's cool. What you're you'll be happy with that. Old you lo- school man. You love that old school route, don't you? Yep. Going through the old British Commonwealth. European, then onto the world, and I'm, we've no problem with that, especially with him only being an eleven 26. fight pro. He's only twenty six, but he's got a baby. But he's got an unbelievable amateur pedigree. Yeah. You know, he's got medals galore from illustrious um, uh, world championships. He could go in next, in my opinion, and really challenge. But if he takes one more, and then maybe look, look in March, maybe May next yeah. year for a world title challenge, man. 
I reckon he could do it. It could be. It could. He could be the best prospect that we've got in the country at this moment in time. He certainly looks exciting, and um, you know, every time he's stepped up, he's produced an even better performance than the last time. You know, we thought O'Hara Davis was a tough fight. He proved he was levels above. We thought Vasquez was should have been proper, a tough fight. Proper. Yeah, he goes and gets a stoppage. Stops a guy that's never been stopped before with a body shot as well. It's just awesome. And, you know, every time he gets tested, he, he, he comes to the fore. I'm just glad that they're talking about a European belt next instead of being a world title because he is only, you know, an 11-fight novice. Whichever way you look at it, no matter how good the opponents are he's beaten, he's only had 11 fights as a pro. And I think to move to world title class straight away now may be a mistake because there's guys in the round that light welterweight division, super lightweight division, whatever you want to call it. Who are, who are very strong and a bit like a murderer's row. Uh, and I just think to go the European route buys him another six months, but it also proves, it gives, shows him something else. You know, in 11 fights, you've only seen 11 ways. There's only 11 opponents you've seen. Mm. And probably, you know, the first six of them, he's had a, he's had a fast-track career, Josh yeah. Taylor. But I'd argue the first six were there to survive. And then he's kind of stepped up from there. So you've seen him fight a puncher in O'Hara Davis. You've seen him fight a former world champion in Vasquez. But these are just ticking little boxes now. I think a European route's a great idea. And then maybe even a defence as well. European title, a defence late summer, and then maybe look at a world title at the end of 2018 for me. There's no rush with him. He's going to get there. He's proved now that he's world class with that performance at the weekend. It's just to kind of put the brakes on a little bit now. It's built that fan base. Mm. You know, Edinburgh, that uh, that venue in Edinburgh, I'd never seen a fight there before in all my years covering boxing that Royal Highlands Centre. Um, but he's obviously, there's, there's a fan base there. You know what I mean? So slowly, slowly, if they can go there again or maybe do something out maybe in Glasgow or build it up, get get them Scottish yeah. fans on board. We've seen what they did with Ricky Burns. Ricky Burns I was a massive following. This kid's gonna be the same, he's gonna have a massive following. But obviously the long term goal has got to be Hibs Stadium or whatever it is. It's gotta be a stadium fight, which would work for next summer or whatever it may be. So I think for now it's just like let's just keep building Josh slowly because inevitably I think this kid's got world he's got world class in him he's got, mm. he could become a world champion it just doesn't need to happen right now good kid as well if you uh, haven't heard our interview with him uh, a couple of months back uh, before the O'Hara Davis fight uh, get yourself on our website fightdisciples.com we spent a bit of time with him down at Barry McGuigan's gym he's a top kid up for a laugh as well bags of personality like you say he's got all the minerals uh, to go on to the very very top level um, in Newcastle uh, Liam Smith Liam Williams went at it for the second time um, now, I don't know about you. I, I kind of leave this, and maybe this is because I've watched this fleetingly. Yep. I come away from both those fights slightly underwhelmed. Slightly underwhelmed. Now, I can understand... Both 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 the fights, i.e. the fight back yeah, in, in so April the first, and this fight. So, so the first fight, you come away from it, and, and you think, oh, that was all right, but there's a lot of unanswered questions there with the cuts and the headbutts and all that type of stuff. So you, I was expecting this one, right, no mess, let's get in there and have some proper fireworks. Proper ding-dong. And the fireworks just never came, really. Nope. It was, you've seen a proper slug match in the first fight, and then you've seen maybe what you would have to be a boxing purist to enjoy, I suppose, yep. uh, the one on Saturday night. And I might be talking out of turn. There might be people listening to this thinking, oh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to or expected to enjoy it. I thought that we were going to get a stoppage. No, it didn't, it, was gonna catch it, didn't, it didn't go for me at all. I'm no. glad that it's done now. Park it. I don't want to see number three. Let's all move on. Yeah, I think inevitably we, well, I think if, if Williams had got the decision, we would have got part three. Uh, maybe not next, but further down the line, because there's still some answered questions there. I think Liam Williams has proved that he's definitely at this level. 
but I think unfortunately on the night he just didn't have it when it mattered most. I, I thought I had it really close. I know. I thought uh, the cards were very harsh on him. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. That was that was 11, insane. Was it? Something like that that yeah. was insane. Six rounds. There's absolutely no way. Uh, you know, oh, I don't know, you say there's absolutely no way. In a close fight like this, it just depends what you like. What what do you like to see? Do you like come forward pressure? Do you like to see? single shots that are eye-catching or do you like to see a strong jab? Do you like to see better movement? Do you like to see a, a nice high guard which you're catching most of the shots on the gloves and then you're countering with shots that are actually landing? It just depends because, you know, I've just kind of described the two ways they were fighting there. I thought Liam Williams was more, was landing the more eye-catching punches throughout especially the early. fight. Especially yeah, yeah. early. But I think Liam Smith was dictating the pace a lot better I think he was his high guard through Liam Williams because I think Liam Williams found him quite easy to hit in the first fight I think in this fight he found him quite difficult to hit I thought for me the first four or five rounds went one way and then the other mm. I literally went Smith Williams Smith Williams through the rounds and then I thought in the middle middle to late rounds I'd give Liam Smith a couple of rounds back to back so at the end of the eighth I had Liam Smith going into the, uh, going into the ninth round two up then I thought Williams won nine and ten so I had it level. And then I thought in the championship rounds when it mattered most, I thought Smith, Smith won 11 and 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the way I scored it. So I had Liam, Liam Smith winning by two. I was interacting with loads of people on social media um, who had seen it the other way. I, people were talking about Liam Williams being six up. People were talking about Liam Smith being four or five up. Uh, people were saying it was definitely a draw. That, that's just what you get from a, from a close fight, you know. It definitely wasn't a robbery. It definitely wasn't like a home decision. Yes, that 117-111. That's It's harsh on the kid. Cause that's it, 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 it portrays a certain story, which, Never which wasn't there. Definitely not, no. And, um, you know, I think the judge who scored it a draw, you know, All right. had, had it been a draw, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been you know, overly upset about it. Uh, I'd have been disappointed because I thought Liam Smith deserved it when it mattered and that was the championship rounds. I'm glad it wasn't a draw because it never actually became the fight we all thought it was going to be. I think this was a bit of a gamble by Frank Warren in terms of putting it on in, in Newcastle. You know, why are you putting a scouser on against a Valley boy up in Newcastle? You know why he got away with it? Heading in? Because we thought it was going to be a fucking absolute war. Mm. We thought people were going to come in their droves to see this because everyone in the industry was like, this is going to be a belter. This is going to be a fight of the year job. These two have got to finish business. And then the build-up, the press conferences, the weigh-in, there was loads of animosity going on. You thought these two are going to fly at each other. And instead, they didn't do that. And I think it was Liam Smith's tactics that changed the fight. I think everyone thought Liam Smith was going to fly in there and try and prove a point and blow Liam Williams away. But instead, he got in there and thought, I'm going to outbox Liam Williams. Mm. I'm going to have a better defence. I'm going to have a better jab. And everything's going to come off that. That's the thing that I take away from that fight, actually, is that Beefy did surprise me a little bit. Beefy, on the inside, traditionally, I think has always been fantastic. But on this, he seemed very... That jab, I thought, is the best that I've ever seen it look from him in particular. I thought yep. he managed to use it as a proper offensive weapon rather yep. than something just parrying out as a range finder. I thought he was actually using it properly. And he, uh, like you say, with that, by using it in that way, dictated the pace of the fight and yep. he kind of did what he wanted to do. I think if there'd have been a point where Liam Williams really, like you say, 11 and 12, I anticipated Liam Williams to go shit or bust. Yeah. That's what I anticipated. And I thought, listen, mate, go for it now because you're only going to be able to drag him into that type of fight. And that might then sway how this fight then dictates. Because he didn't put his foot down and Beefy kind of just, again, took control, did what he wanted in those, for me in those last two rounds. Yeah. 
that's maybe where I'm coming away with the disappointment, maybe. Because the fight was up until that point, I thought, hey, this could go either way. Yeah. Yep. But then Beefy just took it away from him. And maybe that's the sign of the class. Maybe that's something, I don't know, uh, Liam Williams needs to work on, an experience thing. I don't know. But that's maybe why I come away from the fight a little yeah. bit underwhelmed. Don't forget, he's never done 11 and 12. Mm. He's never been in them rounds before. And I, and I think that might have caught him. And the fact that I thought Liam Smith did go up another gear for 11 and 12. He'd lost 9 and 10. But then suddenly he came back to life again at 11 and 12. He, his output was more. I bet his, if you look at his shot, his punch stats, I bet his punch stats in 11 and 12 were higher than certainly there's any other round in the second half of the fight. Yeah, maybe. I think Liam Smith went for it in, in, in one sense of the word. Never went for it, went for it as in, you know, shit or bust, there we go. No. But I think he thought, he okay, just thought he I'm going to prove a point here. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to win these two rounds. And maybe Liam Williams and could I don't keep think, up with him. I don't think Liam Lily, Williams either couldn't keep up with him because that was the sense he got afterwards. You know, there's, again, on social media, as soon as the fight ended, social media kind of blew up and everyone was saying, uh, you know, everyone, but there was a lot of people on there saying, Liam Williams won this by a mile. The commentary is well off. You know, Liam Williams has won this by four or five rounds. And then Liam, when he interviewed Liam Williams in the ring afterwards and he said, well, you know, the right man won. That gave me a sense of, well, it, it, one, everyone on social media went, okay, well, maybe I mean, I'm scoring it wrong then because Liam Williams just said he deserved to lose. But with, with that comment, I got the sense that he didn't have it in him in 11 and 12 to win. And that's that's why in his in his mind he thought, I've lost that because I, did, I didn't have it. I couldn't live with him in 11 and 12. when I knew it was close. I knew probably had to win the last two rounds. Mm. He did the same. Yeah, maybe. And it psychologically... He thought, fuck, I've lost them last two rounds. And that's why in the interview afterwards, he was like, well, the right man's won. Even though for 10 rounds before that, he'd done really good work. People, Again, people were debating that he was ahead on the scorecards. But I think them last two rounds kind of decided the fight. Like, okay, well, they, that's the winner and that's the loser. And this guy goes on to a world title fight next. Mm. Well, I caught up with uh, Frank Warren straight after that. He was in the bar. Uh, in Newcastle, we had a little bit of a phone chat and that's exactly what he did say. Obviously, now it's all about Liam Smith taking on uh, the £154 WBO version of the world title, which is currently yeah. held by Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto uh, fighting uh, first week of December against December Ali. 2nd, yeah. Now, he's, he's rumoured that that's it. He's calling it's it great. a day mm-hmm. off the back of that. Yeah. But stranger things have happened in the world of boxing. Yeah. Um, if he sticks around, it will be Liam Smith, hopefully against uh, Miguel Cotto. If it's not, there'll be a vacant title there of which Liam Smith will be uh, first yeah, in line to I think for. I think from the sounds of things, it looks like Miguel Cotto is definitely going to walk away on December the 2nd and I think the belt becomes vacant and then then it's down to Frank really to do his magic and to and to put the right pace bid in and because it becomes a vacant belt and whoever the opponent may be with Liam Smith and uh, I think we hopefully see that fight in the UK, maybe even Liverpool as well, which would be amazing. But uh, I think if Cotto does win well against Ali on December the 2nd and does have a, a change of heart and a reversal. I don't think he does it to fight Liam Smith. I think he does it because there's a Pacquiao fight out there for him or a, mm. well, I almost said Amir Khan then, but that dope will be, that dope will be eating bugs in the jungle or whatever he's going to be, sucking on a, a kangaroo scrotum. But uh, <laughs> Miguel Cotto, yeah, I expect Cotto to walk away and expect Liam Smith to fight for the vacant belt. But, just, but again, that's great because chances are it probably comes to the UK. Did you uh, stay up for the American card, the uh, matchroom debut? I did, yes, for Daniel Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Arias, in the build-up to this fight, talked a wonderful game. He, he wetted my whistle. Fair play, mate. You got me in the mood for this fight. But there's talking the talk and then there's <laughs> yeah, walking the exactly. walk, in there? Yeah. Jacobs just absolutely... Levels. Well, he just schooled the kid. Levels. Absolutely man. schooled the kid for 12 rounds. Exactly. I think the only disappointment is, is that he didn't stop him. That's it. Yeah. I thought Arias... I expected a lot more 
We were, we well, were, he chatted we were it up, promised, didn't he? We were promised a lot Undefeated, more chatting it up. I'm like going, yeah, mate, come on, man. Let's have yeah. a go here. We know that Jacobs can mix it. He did great against Golovkin. Let's do it. Exactly. And then it's like, he it, just uh, where are you? Yeah, it was just completely about levels, wasn't it? At the end of the day, it was like a championship level fighter taking on a, a, a Champions League level fighter. I think Jacobs just proved that he's definitely the number three middleweight on the planet uh, for me. Um, I think I'd love to see him in, obviously, with the winner of Canelo Triple G once that gets finally sorted out for next year. What about the winner of Lemieux against Billy Joe? I, I think that would be amazing as well. Uh, I, I think he's got to try and position himself. I think if Lemieux wins, he probably gets that fight straight away. Mm. Obviously, with uh, with Billy Joe being attached to Frank Warren, it might be, we might struggle to see that unless we can get him into a mandatory position. But uh, I, d- I definitely think Daniel Jacobs has got to fight for the, for the middleweight title next. Here's one for you. Mm-hmm. Charlo. Good shout. That's a great shout. Charlotte Jacobs yeah, would be man. summit, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that's that. there's no belt there, though, is there? That's the problem. Who cares? Get it on. Let's yeah, do it. That, that would be a great fight. Don't get me wrong. Jacobs versus Charlo would be an absolute... Some type of eliminator classic. for the winner of Canelo Triple G. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Hopefully. Great stuff, man. Listen, matchmaking, I love it. Um, what did you about. make of uh, the £300 Big Baby Miller? I thought he was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Big baby. Listen, Jarrell Miller, I've seen his highlights package in the past and thought, oh my God, this guy's he like a, whack, a big freight train, man. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to be... But I was watching that fight against Marius Watch and was like, fucking hell. Again, once again, it's about levels. You know, this is exactly what we got when we watched the... What's his name the other week? Uh, Dillian White fighting against Hellenius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, a pudding chasing a big fucking lanky coward. And this Marius Watch, okay, he takes a shot on that, but big baby for me, technically he's not there at all. Like he's just a bit of a bit of a gunslinger. I was I'm impressed by his work rate for such a big fat man. His his fitness is obviously there. There's fitness behind that meat and gravy. <laughs> a big fat man. But behind all that meat and gravy, he's got an engine on him, you know, he's actually pretty fit. Uh and he obviously his record suggests he can he can whack, but for me, this is like all Big Baby did there. He's never proved that he's world class. He proved he's Dillian White class. Mm. I'd like to see him fight Dillian White. Mm. And then the winner of that fights for a, potentially gets a world title shot. But we're talking levels below AJ's and Deontay Wilder's here with these guys. Nowhere near. Shall we talk Tyson Fury? Yes. Seeing as that you've just made, we're talking heavyweights and you've kind of brought well, can up we, the Can we quickly celebrate? Because, you know, Josh Taylor's stoppage was pretty awesome. Yeah. But Conor Ben's body shot against that Mexican. See what I mean? Whenever there's a body shot, you just jump all over. We can't ignore that. No, fuck fuck me. What a shot that was. Yeah, all right. But you've just been talking about levels. He's just been, he's he's coming out to America, isn't it? That's what it was all about. What was he supposed to do? He was supposed to put the kid away, wasn't he? I know, yeah. Well, the kid was a kid was a Mexican with a mixed record. Let's be honest. Let's, Let's say it how it is. You know, let's not dress this guy up. But still. To go out there and make your American right. debut and to dr- drop a Mexican with a body shot, to finish a Mexican with a body shot, it's kind of fucking cool. Yeah, it is kind for of a young cool. lad. It is kind of cool. Well done, Connor. Superb stuff, mate. Tyson Fury, yeah? Yes. Because last week, everybody's starting to get a little bit excited, starting to get a little bit crazy. But we've been here many times before. He's said that he's coming back. He's retired, come back, retired, come back so many times over the last two years. But the big thing last week was the rhetoric that was coming off the back of the reasons as to why he's been away for two years. And the story started to develop that uh, regarding UK anti-doping, that uh, the suit that Tyson is filing now against them yep. for loss of earnings yep. could end up bankrupting them. That yep. is absolutely batshit crazy that they might need a government bailout to stay in existence off the back of this. But this is horrific though, isn't it? What a horrific situation to be in that 
they've let it drag on for so long. Del- well, that's what's being insinuated. I mean, we don't know the facts and figures of that, but the insinuation, and there's listen, there's bigger media outlets than us reporting the exact same thing. Like the yeah. BBC have been all over this in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but the for them to have allowed this to have dragged on for this period of time, and if there's any truth in the fact that the reason for that is because they were worried that if they lost, they would then get sued by Tyson for loss of earnings, which then could bankrupt them. That is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, it's a scandalous. Scandalous. And surely the longer it drags on, the worse it's going to be, because the more he can do them, the bigger his loss of earnings is going to be. Mm. But now that we're led to believe they're in a position that they can't move forward through risk of him being found not guilty and him suing them. So it, is, they, this, well, that's is this it. just going to stay like this forever? Well, this is it. They have to find him guilty. They have to find something to. in order to make this go away So is that, is that why it's dragging out then? Because they're desperately trying to find of something they can ban him for? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you, We can do him for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on, these were on the wrong way around. So you've got a three-month ban, but you've saved that now, so you're fine. Good to go. Okay, see you, see you Tyson. Well, that's it. That's another thing as well. They've got to come up with a suspend, a ban that lasts up until now. For two years. Yeah, yeah. That's what they have to find. Otherwise, they'll go, okay, you banned me for a year, so you know the last year when I've I'll been out? I'll sue you for a year. I'll sue you for one year then. Absolutely And not. in my last fight, sorry, by the way, I made XYZ, and AJ's just made this, and I had all the belts, so AJ would have had to beat me for that belt. So whatever AJ made, I'd have got the A side of that. Fuck me, this is why they're running. It's mega, mega, mega. We're talking tens of millions. We're not talking tiddly money, are we? Tyson's got a few quid as well tucked away, so a, a core case for him, not a problem. But rightfully so, because mm. they've mugged him off for two Big years. Style. If you If you think about it, in that two-year period, right, Povedkin's been popped, mm-hmm. Stavern's been popped. Yeah, at least once. Big Daddy Brown's been popped. At least once. Right, so I've mentioned fighters there that have been popped at least once yeah. in that period of time. They're already back fighting. I know, yeah. Already back fighting. Povetkin's WBC ban, I think, finishes in December. Yeah, it's about to end, yeah. So he's legitimately... So those lads have been banned, served their time, and come back, right? One of them's just fought for a world title last two weeks ago. But they are lads that have failed multiple tests. I've I've mentioned three lads there that have failed twice in that that period of time that Tyson has been out. They're already back fighting. So what are you going to ban Tyson for? You can't find a two-year suspension because them fuckers are already back after a year ban. So... You've got to find something mega to keep him out for two years and not and, and prevent yourself from getting sued. It's mental. The whole situation is absolutely mental. But then, you know, UK AD, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the fear is that when they come out of this, and if they do need a government bailout to come out of this, what kind of position are, then are they in financially? And will they be like, in future, will they be like, listen, don't drug test Anthony Joshua because we can't afford it in case we find him guilty. Like what the fucking kind of situation is that for the for the governing body that looks after drug testing? They, they may be in fear of testing somebody in case they get a positive test that becomes overturned or whatever it may be. So does that put them in a really weak position? Do we need to just scrap UKAD now and find another government body or go to USADA or whatever it is? Not USADA, what's the WADA? You know what I mean? That. Mm. It's a very precarious position that we find himself in right now, and unfortunately, Tyson Fury is the one that's getting the butt of it all. And we as fight fans are suffering because we need Tyson in the mix, man. Want Tyson Fury? Imagine Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and AJ. They're the three, aren't they? They're the three genuinely that's world. It. With Klitschko's gone, I mean, they're the genuine three world class top guys. Forget about Dillian White and Big Daddy and even Joseph Parker. All these other fellas, they're fucking second tier. Do you know what I mean? Second tier fighters. And forget even about my mate Tony Bellew and David Hay. They're just blowing up cruiserweights. They are what they are. They aren't competing at this level against this like type of opponents. 
we need Tyson Fury back in that mix because... Listen, I, I keep saying it. This is a golden age for fight sports. We are living in a golden age, especially for British boxing. This is it right now. Forget about the 80s when you grew up or the 70s and all that bollocks. This is the golden age of British boxing. It's never been as good as it is now. We've never had so many world champions, so many world title contenders. And yes, we've got a heavyweight champion of the world, but we've got another guy who's potentially... The champion. He's the, the real champion. The, the real champion. He's never lost the belts. That's suffering from a fucking stupid... Drug test that needs to be sorted out. And listen, we're, we're as harsh as anyone who comes to drug test. And if you're found positive, you deserve a ban. Found positive a second time, you should be out of sport. Mm. But this is a guy that's literally just sitting there twiddling his fingers because the people that tested him are concerned that he might sue them. It's mm. fucking unbelievable. And he hasn't technically failed a test. He had no. he had raised levels of some type of testosterone, didn't he? After after eating a uh, uncastrated boar or something like that. Yeah. So they flagged it as a concern. And this was before he fought Klitschko. This is yeah, how yeah. long. God, this is yeah. So therefore, he's never he's never failed, and he's never he's never been actually banned because they all overturned all that type yeah. of nonsense. It's just been carrying on for such a long period of time because there's not been a a, defi- a definitive conclusion to it, which is ridiculous for it to have gone this period of time. It should have been dealt with before the Klitschko fight. Yeah, is when time. it should have been sorted, of course. Uh, and on the back of all this. Quite nice to see Anthony Joshua find uh, his Twitter account, which is quite nice, isn't it? Rather than, I don't know, saying, telling everybody to stay hungry, he's yeah, now yeah. calling people to go and get fit, you fat fuck. I kind of like it, AJ. The, whole, the world had a little bit of a meltdown, in particular certain people that make a behind-the-scenes videos. You know who I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but AJ's AJ. If AJ wants to swear on his Twitter, who gives a shit? Why is that a exactly. big story? Why is exactly. that? It's not a big story at the end of the day. And this isn't the real Anthony Joshua or whatever it may be. Listen, Bollocks. the guy's just a clever dude, right? What he's done there, if you think if you think about this logically, right, what has happened is Deontay Wilder just had a fight last week and he's blown this kid away within, I don't know, what, two minutes or something like that. And then he's on the mic and he's making all these social media videos saying, you're running scared, if you want the test, come and get me. Yeah. Eddie Hearns is your man and all this type of stuff. Who's trying to hide you and avoid Deontay Wilder's freight train. Then you've got Tyson Fury chipping up, basically. Yeah. Off the back of everything that happened last week, he's on social media saying, listen, Flex, I'm going to absolutely start you when I get going, right? Okay, cool. But let's not, let's not mince it. Whatever you think of AJ, he's got two of the belts in this division. He's the man. In this division, actively right now, ain't nobody selling eighty thousand tickets. He's the man. Except him. He's the man. So for me, last week, what he did was, hang on a minute, I've got this punk over here shouting this. I've got this punk over. I've got Joseph Parker giving me shit. Mm-hmm. I've got Dillian White chipping over it. I'm the fucking boy. I'm going to regain control here, and this is how I'm going to do it. Right? Yeah. I'm going to get a little bit ag on social media. I thought he played an absolute blinder of a yeah, game last week. Absolute blinder of a game, saying, "Listen, motherfuckers, I'm the boy." You want a piece of the pie? You sign the contract. You get fit, you fat fuck. You, all this type of stuff. And I thought, AJ, you've minced it there. You've Class. absolutely just taken control of the division again. Well yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. I thought he absolutely nailed it. And uh, I'm all for that. You know, I'm. that's what social media should be about. That's the best thing about it. It's like, it's not run by a fucking management team or an accountant or a bank manager. It's the fighter themselves. And that's their personality. Like, I'm all over that. I think it was class. And, uh, and you're right, because it, it, it got to a point where everyone was having a pop at him. Everyone was like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna do that." I'm gonna... And suddenly, I think it was Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was. They're only doing it because they know that he's the money. Exactly. Jo- so suddenly, it was like, "Here's a Joe Parker video. Here's a Deontay Wilder video." Tyson's having a go, and I was like, "Ganell." But it was class that he just kind of went, "Okay, here we go." 
Joseph Parker, no you've, made, you've been made an offer, Sunshine, signed the contract. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Simple as. The problem is with this now is that people are overestimating their worth exactly. within this fight. They're thinking 80,000 tickets they're selling, he's making all this money, so if I find Anthony Joshua, I should be getting 50 million. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, and the guy, doesn't from, work like the that. guy from Duco who looks after Joseph Parker, right? It makes me fucking laugh, does Hamilton, right? Because we've made an offer to Anthony... Anthony Joshua. No, hang on a minute. Anthony Joshua makes the offer to you, you prick, right? <laughs> exactly. Because your boy doesn't sell fuck all. Yeah. Anthony Joshua sells the tickets. Basically, the offer was, um, we'll give him 60-40 split. Okay, it's a decent start. Let's be honest. It's a nice start, but you're miles off. Miles off. And we'll promote the fight. You'll promote the fight because you know full well that it'll make a <laughs> shitload, you knob, right? <laughs> They've never promoted the fight of that magnitude oh, whatsoever. And on. listen, anyone who thinks that Eddie Hearn or Matchroom are going to give up Anthony Joshua. Why do you think they've just done a fucking show in America? Oh, man. Because they want to control his entire career. They they're want to, They want to give up on the Golden Goose. They're not going to go, oh, yeah, okay, go and fight on a Duco show for a 60% split. Yeah. It's fucking never going even, to happen. Even it's never Deont- going to happen. Even Deontay, right? He holds the WBC belt, the green and gold, the one that we covet the most, right? Yeah. Fair play, Deontay, yeah? I, I saw an interview with him last week saying it's a 50-50 split. Yeah, Deontay, no, it's not. You sell nothing. Yeah, He's got two of the belts already, so therefore the split's in his favour. Exactly. And he sells a shitload. Did you see the post from Oscar De La Hoya? Oscar De La Hoya had countered that and was like, no one knows who you are, Deontay Wilder. Who is, who is your promoter? If you had a decent promoter, basically he was saying, if you had me as a promoter, you'd be the biggest star in the world right now. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. No one knows who you are. Because there was a video footage, did you see it, of him walking down a street in New York? And they were asking, and they were asking do you know who this guy is? And people didn't know. That's mad. crazy. Try that. Try that with Anthony Joshua. In America as in well. In any city in, in England oh. or in America, yeah. Try Anthony it- Joshua in New York. I bet you more people would cross the road for Anthony Joshua and, and push t- uh, Deontay Wilder out the way. Bet you. Anyway, that could be the stumbling block because people need to lose their egos a little bit with yeah. this and get in the real world. But it shows you where they're coming from, doesn't it? It shows yeah. you the fact that they're like... You're talking, for me, you're talking 70-30 splits, mate. That's what you're time. talking. Yeah. And that's that's Wilder. Never mind Parker. No. He's an 80-20. Parker, you know, listen, Parker's a phone call away from fighting Dillian White, for fuck's sake, for about 200 grand. So he needs to just remember where he is in life. Speaking of money fights, I'm disappointed to hear this. Garcia has rejected Linares, and he's decided to go and unify with Easter Junior. Listen, the great fight. It's a good fight. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's a, a good, good fight. fight. Um, but he's done it because he's getting paid more money to do the Easter Junior fight. We wanted the Linares knock. That's what we wanted, didn't we? It's Every- not going anywhere, though, is it? No, but off the back of that, Eddie, and uh, my sources are telling me, my underlying sources are telling me that Eddie's offered Linares big money to come back to the UK for a Luke Campbell rematch. Wow. There you go. That's interesting. Uh, I thought Luke Campbell did well in the first fight, don't get me wrong. Um be nice to, for him to get a shot, though, here in the UK rather than have to do it in the in America. Well, he's, that said, he's based in America, you know, so it was Linares that had to travel. Aren't, <laughs> His was- fans aren't, though. I know, but his fans can't get in there with him against Linares. I, I, to be honest, I think that's a bit of a mistake. I don't think I don't think Luke Campbell needs Linares next. I thought he would have done great in the last fight. I'd love to see Luke Campbell go away and win a couple mm. and then get back in with a Linares Garcia because he proved against Linares he's almost at that level. Mm. Let's go and see him get a, get a, get at that level. Come back and win a European title or something and then then jump back in. I think it's a mistake to see him fight Linares next. But I, I'm kind of like you. I was a, when I first seen the headline, I was gutted about Garcia Linares being out. That's the big lightweight fight we want to see. But then Robert Easter Jr. is the guy nobody ever talks about, you mm. know, and he's got a lot to offer. 
He's a big hitter. He's a big, lanky Thomas Ains-looking motherfucker. I think that's a good fight with Garcia. It is. Uh, on tomorrow's uh, Radio City talk show, or should I say, on tomorrow's uh, award-winning Radio City talk show with Nick Pete, make sure you are uh, tuning right on in. It'll be available on our website, fightdisciples.com, because uh, Nick will be talking about Stephen Smith, Francisco Vargas. We brought this up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that is now confirmed. That is definitely happening December the 9th. It's on the Salido undercard. It's, there's no belts on the line, but I'll tell you something. If Swifty come through that, there'll be a belt on the line let me tell you, uh, for his next fight. I've no doubt uh, Nick will have all the fallout as well from the Liam Smith-Liam Williams fight as well uh, on that show. Did you see the rumours doing the rounds uh, late Sunday night on social media that David Hay was injured? Yeah, I'd seen it, it went everywhere because I was all over it trying to find a credible source and I couldn't find a nah, credible source, so bullshit. I just I turned it off in the end, yeah. I was I was, I was was trying to find out where it actually came from, yeah. but um, it was one of these Mickey Mouse bedroom, bedroom sites or whatever, so... I didn't think much about it. Hey, I hadn't commented on it. But I'd never even bothered messaging Bellew to see what his thoughts were. But mm. Yeah. Because someone had said that Solis, the trainer, had come out and mentioned so, yeah. it. Said that his, it, within his camp it had happened. Yeah, yeah. someone within He's having problems with his Achilles with again. With his Achilles had flared up again. Listen, I hate to say it, I told you so. Mate, we said this weeks we ago, We have been talking we? about this when, this. when this fight was made, we said, I'll be gobsmacked. If, if he happens. makes the ring walk. Yeah. Absolutely gobsmacked. Don't get me wrong, we won it. We won it. We won a night out down London on the, on the week before yeah. Christmas. Have a right old crack. Bell, you here too. Atmosphere will be tremendous. We yep. want a proper go. That's what we want to proper do. But I ain't getting too excited about it. Even though we're doing interviews with the lads, both yeah, of the yeah. lads will be on this show. Even though we're going to do all that and we'll have loads of social media on it, videos and the like, I still doubt that David Hale met the ring walk. Yeah, me too. I don't think his body makes up. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's in the right place physically at this moment in time yeah I don't well, I haven't seen much of him from his camp if he is he needs to be lean he needs to have dropped at least well, a stone mate, from he looks the mint. first fight I've seen him up close face to face He's he looks mint right yeah. but that's irrelevant of course I'm slim right yeah, yeah. but my ankles are knackered my knees are knackered yeah, he's yeah. just had a massive shoulder operation as well yeah again you know what I mean yeah he ain't getting any younger no, he isn't, no. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got form on this as well. Don't forget, there was two Tyson Fury's fights that were made and never happened uh, because his body broke down. So I just think with with David Hay, it's, um, you know, it, it, I think every time you sign on the line to fight David Hay, it's a bit of a gamble because he's got the track record of pulling out of fights. Um, so that's why it didn't shock me. That's why I didn't kind of go, oh, as if. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, there's something in this. So it's been quite... You know, a good a good t- a good amount of time, probably too much time, trying to find out the source to see if it was legit or not. You know, my immediate reaction was text Bell you and ask him, but I thought, nah, he doesn't need it. You know, he's probably got every Tom Dick and Harry yeah. text him about it. So I just tried to find the source, and the best I could find is uh, Solis from, but I couldn't actually find the direct quote from Solis. It was someone said, someone said, Solis said, yeah, kind of scenario. So, I just hope that- until it becomes official. Well, I hope it happens. I hope the fight happens. Right? Me too. I want it to happen. But if it doesn't happen, if it does pull out through injury, yeah. if anybody suggests to me Dillian White in oh, that fight, I'm going to lose my shit. Fuck off. I will lose my shit. Someone says Joe Parker, I'll be down for that. Yes, yeah, Joe Parker's a good fight. Yeah, yeah. Tony Bell, you Joe Parker, get it. Tony Bell, you Dillian White, What's not the interested. Point, man? Not interested. Mm. What does that do for either of them? Mm. Um, final thing on the stuff that's going on in the world of boxing, nothing to do with the ring. It's to do with the jungle. <laughs> Can you believe it, man? Can you believe it? He's on social media training. He's talking the talk. He's having like with his, well, everything that's going on with his wife and oh, everything, right? It is like 
No wonder that Kelbrook called him Kardashian, right? Because that is basically what it is. Amir Khan, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. He's in Australia at this moment in time in the outback getting ready to go and eat some widgety grubs. Mate, what are you doing? Get your shit together and get fighting again. Maybe he's gone out there, actually, because he's struggling with weight. And when they go, <laughs> when they go in the jungle, they do ship a shitload, don't they? So we could see him coming back at 135. What do you reckon? That kangaroo balls, they do make you lose a bit of weight. Don't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little, de- little bit of a detox. I don't, I don't think he gets the fact that people are going to resent him for doing this. Turn us back on the Kelbrook fight. I think a lot of sports fans, you know, he, he's got a he's got a funny little fan base. Amir Khan. I think as many people when he fights, as many people pay to support him as they do to see him get knocked out. Mm. Um, and I think this could backfire on him quite dramatically. I don't know who else is going into the jungle. I really couldn't give two fucks to be honest. Um, but I'd be surprised if he doesn't get voted popular to do these stupid fucking trials that they do. Yeah, and it could backfire on him a little bit. He could find out that actually he's a bit of a joke. Do you know what I mean? The, the the country thinks he's a bit of a bit of a dick. There's usually one, isn't there? It's usually like an ex-politician or yeah, they, they just give know, all the. Then everyone just hates and goes, ah, oh, yeah, vote for him to do everything because they're a dick. For those um, that don't know what this is, if you listen to us overseas and you're not from the UK and you don't, I don't know if you have this abroad. Basically, a, a bunch of celebrities go Ze- into the jungle. Celebrities, Jesus, can we can we use right. that in brackets? a bunch of Z-list celebrities? I bet some of them are off Towie and fucking all that. Of course shite. they will be. Yeah, yeah. They they send them to the Australian outback to survive. I don't know how long it is. It's about six weeks or something. I don't know. They go and survive for a period of time. It's a reality TV show. People vote them then to do challenges. They've got to eat kangaroo dick and all this type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and basically, that's it. Entertains us anyway. Look, two weeks, three weeks. I think it is. It's a, it's out on it's every a night, weeks, isn't it? Isn't it? On yeah. every night, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. a bit of a crack. But you don't anticipate an active sports star. David Hayes done it. David Hayes did it in the past. <laughs> exactly. There you go. But he had retired. Yeah. He'd retired when he went out but and then done again, it. Then again, you know, it didn't damage David Hayes' ticket selling ability. Mate, it, in increased fact, it, it increased it. It did wonders for That's David. That's why Hayes. David Hayes getting these big fights on Sky Box Office, not because he's a viable ch- champion or a viable fighter. Yeah. Because. He puts bums on seats and people want to pay to watch David Hay still because he's more of a celebrity than a fighter. Yeah. Maybe that's what Amir Khan wants, that Kardashian thing. He wants to be a celebrity more than he wants to be a competitive boxer because going into the jungle now means that if he goes in the just jungle and stay, whatever, it doesn't matter, he's in the fucking jungle now, so it's about to go on TV. So realistically, he's not going to get back in camp this side of Christmas. So he's going to get back in camp in January. This is if he decides to carry on. Maybe he wins in the jungle and then becomes a TV star. I don't know, but it goes on to Tawi or some shit. But maybe if, if, if he comes back to boxing, he's not going to start training until January at the earliest, which means he ain't going to fight until late spring, early summer. That means he's been out for two years. Mm. He lost. I got knocked out by Alvarez in April 2016. So he's basically going to be out the ring for two years. At this stage in his career, that's suicide, isn't it? Massively, massively, especially when there's shitloads of fights out there for him. Not half. He sells to, to be fair, he does quite well on the pay-per-view in America. So therefore, there's a boatload of fights that would go there. We obviously want to see him in with Kell Brook. Yeah. Kell Brook wants a piece of that There's pie, a stadium fight with Kell Brook. Him and Kell Brook could make the biggest payday of their careers without even a world title belt on the line. People want to see it. They've wanted to see it for a long time. Will we want to see it next year after Kell's done whatever he's going to do? You know, obviously, Kell's got a comeback planned. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's a shrewd move by Amir Khan to go and get more fans or whatever, but 
I just think, is he taking his career? He obviously isn't taking his career seriously anymore. Mm. He obviously is thinking, post-career now, I want to be a TV celebrity. I can't can't imagine not being famous, if you like. He's trying the David Hay route of, 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 of putting celebrity first over his sporting career. It's just disappointing from a fight fan perspective, man. And as I say, I think he'll get picked on, man. I think he's going to be chewing on kangaroo cock for the next six weeks. It's a shame that me and you weren't switched on with this and we didn't know a little bit earlier because we could have tapped Luke up and got some of our merchandise on him. We could have had some serious exposure on that show because it does some serious numbers, doesn't it? Uh, By the way, our clothing partner is uh, Luke, uh, men's uh, designer menswear. If you uh, need any tackle... Uh, in the build-up to Christmas, get yourself on their website, luke1977.com. That's their website. Use this code FDLR15. That's our discount code. It'll get you 15% off at uh, the checkout. Some amazing stuff in there. Go and have a little bit of a nose it. Uh, it. Luke1977.com. FDLR15. Uh, a big fan of uh, the jacket that I bought recently is Carl Frampton and his trainer Jamie Moore the big fans of it they love a little bit of the old oh, tackle really, yeah. oh, I couldn't get enough couldn't get enough of it yeah uh, of which leads us on nicely to talk about the return of Carl Frampton to Belfast see, this weekend see what mate. you did there seamless now absolutely I can't I can't wait for this I'm not going to be there sadly we were over there uh, for uh, Ryan Burnett and Zanet Zakianov and Belfast as a fighting city is something else yeah. this card when you go down it, forget Frampton's on it. When you go down the card and have a little bit of a nausea at some of the fights that are on this card, it's so hard not to get excited because there's some absolute belters, some hometown heroes on there. There's some uh, extremely talented boys on this card. And then you put the cherry on top of the cake. You put Carl Frampton on top of it. And this is mm-hmm. a big night for Frank. Let's be honest. This is a big night for Frank Warren and BT Sports and Box Nation. It's a huge night because if AJ is the shining light of Sky Sports and Matchroom, Frampton is going to be that for Frank. This is the coup. Yes, okay, he's going. He's working with the Gale. He's working with Selby. Yeah. But Frampton is the one. He's the ticket seller. You just need to put his name on that. I mean, look at this. He's fighting Horacio uh, Garcia at the weekend. Nobody knows who he is. No. It's not a. It's not a world title fight. It's a coming out fight. This is me. I'm fighting in my hometown. This is it. That, that's all this is at weekend. You put Frampton's name on it. Sold out. We in seconds. There'll be massive views on uh, on BT because it's Frampton. He's exciting. He's a top guy. You speak to him. He's got bags of personality. This is massive for Frank. This card needs to absolutely fly because this is the one that could be the catalyst to start to even up that balance of matchroom and BT sport. You know what I think? Yeah, very much so. You know, I think Frampton's got that kind of fan base and we'll pull in those kind of eyes. And you know what? I, I'm enjoying BT Sports boxing coverage. I've got to be honest. I really like it. I think, um, you know, there's one or two things there I would change, but there's, I think the commentary is pretty solid. I think the intros are really good. I think the way they run their show is really nice as well. It's balanced. and Some of the social media coverage as well is tidy. You know yeah, what I mean? Like the behind the scenes yeah. stuff and all that. It's quite nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think, I think once they bring out a boxing magazine show, which is what they're desperate for, to be honest with you, to preview some of these fights, to use some of that social media video that they're building, and put that actually on a TV show as well. Mm. Uh, I think they'll have really cracked it. And um, but you're right, this is the big one for them. This was the this was the jewel in the crown of the of the BT Sport Frank Warren coming together. They knew they needed a couple of big names, and yes, the Gale's a big name and everything else. But listen, Frampton's, Frampton's the one. Frampton's the the jewel in the crown, if you like, of the, of their promotion right now. So it's a big weekend, and uh, you know, obviously the fans will turn out in force. There's a cracking card. Jamie Conlon fighting for the world title on the other cards. Wow, absolutely brilliant. That's yeah. going to be huge. And then there's an all African 
uh, WBO World Bantamweight title fight on there as well. Zelani Tete, oh. who British fans know well. He's been based over here for a while now. Absolutely mustard. Do you know something? Just tune in for Zelani Tete. Oh, he's fucking brilliant. Isn't he? He's Absolutely unbelievable, brilliant. that kid. Unreal. I remember when he first came from nowhere and fought Paul Butler and took Paul Butler's world title. And um, he literally did come from absolutely nowhere at that point. But since then, he's gone and added his second world title in a second weight class. And Gonya, I don't know too much about the kid. He's bringing the kid that's coming in as an opponent and stuff. But again, all African. You know, these two guys are going to put it all out there. This one for me, Tete Gonya could well steal the show. But for the Irish fans, Conlon in a world oh. title fight, uh, and then the likes of Paddy, ba- Paddy Barnes and uh, David Oliver Joyce on the undercard and all that stuff, John O'Carroll, they're all big ticket sellers. They all get the crowd going. And it's going to be an absolutely belted night over there in Belfast. One thing that I did, um, I've noticed with the BT card, and they said, you know, we're not here to pick holes in anybody else's coverage in the way that they put their shows together. Everybody's entitled to do what they want. We as consumers are entitled to do what we want, whether we pay for those pay-per-views or whether we get a subscription for those particular channels and go and enjoy those shows. It's our own choices. Um, but what I have noticed with Frank's shows on BT, a lot of the undercard are very, very competitive. There's a lot of 50-50s in there. I mean, you saw yes. it last week with uh, uh, the boy Foot and what have you. Yep. Very competitive knocks. And, okay, you'd anticipate a world title uh, that Jamie Conlon's involved with, the IBF uh, super flyweight title being competitive. Of course it's going to be competitive, but if you look down there, you see Zelani Tete's name and you don't know the geezer that he's fighting against, that will be a competitive fight. Yeah, big time. I would anticipate, even though we don't know, uh, too much about Horacio Garcia. I mean, he's fought five times this year, the kid. He's lost a couple. He's won a couple. Um, but he's going to be game. If yeah. he, He's going to be game to come and have a little bit of a go, isn't he? You know what I mean? And don't anticipate Carl just to go in there and smash him all over the place within a round. You anticipate it to go a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, the whole... I'm just... What I'm trying to say is that, that for the feel of what they're creating on BT at this moment in time, I think they're winning more fans than losing fans at this moment in time. Yeah, big time. As you say, that fight at the weekend, leather and foot, you know, there was a lot more than local pride. That stake up there, you know, it was a bit of a, a crossroads fight for foot, yet it was a real, the first real test for leather. But you had two guys that went in there and, and pardon the pun, give it hell for leather and that's what you want. Mm. And on this card as well, you know, we've picked out there, there's a... There's, a world t- there's two world title fights on the card. Obviously, Frampton looking to bounce back. Paddy Barnes is in a WBO European, whatever that's worth. But there's a Daryl Williams against Lennox Clark for the English super middleweight title. I love shit like that, man. Both these guys are undefeated in 16 fights, and they're going to go at it for the English belt. And one's going to move forward, and one's going to going to have to go sideways for one fight, and then move forward. It's class. Matchmaker, obviously, Jason McClory's pulled a blind. I think you're right there to point it out, I think. They're putting on really good cards, and I think we criticise Sky Sports or, or criticise. Let's say Sky Sports. anybody. Sky Sports and Eddie do get criticised for putting on a lot of former Olympians against, and they're very early in their career against Journeyman because they're building. That's what we're getting. But because they've signed a lot of Olympians on big money, they've got to give them the showcase of Sky Sports. They've got to put them on. I feel with Frank, he's got a lot of big stars, but then he's putting on good. Other fights for TV. It's not like he's going to. He's not going to BT going. Listen, I'm putting this guy as chief support because you know he went to the Olympics. I've paid a fortune for him. He's going to batter this journeyman. But it be you know it's not like that. No. Their main cards are built around really competitive fights, and I think that's why fans are enjoying BT Sport at the moment. No, I'm looking forward to this at the weekend. Frampton back in action. Um, his pathway next year. Do you think he is Warrington then Selby? You know what? Since we started talking about it. I can't get it out of my head. What, World Boxing Super I Series? Fucking, <laughs> I just hope, 
I hope he gets signed up for World Boxing Super Series. Well, he's up like for it. He told us he's up for it, didn't he? He said he's up for it. That would be the one. You know, I, I think I'd like to see him. Obviously, the Selby fight and the Warrington fights make perfect sense because they're all under Frank now. Um, I would love to see. It, it sounds mad because Selby's got a world title belt, so he's kind of guaranteed his place in the World Boxing Super Series. Mm. Frampton versus Warrington could be a shootout to be put into the World Boxing Come Super on, Series. You know he's winning that fight. You know he's winning that fight. I know. I know. But Leeds, man, the, the, the fans will love it. And Leeds, it's enough. If, you, if you're the Sowlands and you've got the World Boxing Super Series, do you not want Warrington to stay undefeated with that Leeds crowd ready yeah, to go? Okay, will you come into World Boxing Super Series? And I tell you what, even though you're not going to be ranked and you're going to be chosen by a champion, we're going to give you your quarterfinal at, home. at Ellen Road in a football stadium because that's what we're about. We are World Boxing Super Series, man, the Ali Trophy. That's how big we are. I think they secretly want Warrington to stay undefeated mm. because he makes for great TV. You know, it makes for a great story. But, uh, but yeah, Frampton next year, of course. World title shot next, you'd like to think. Uh, love to see him in with Selby. I think the Selby fight would be brilliant. Uh, I think Not Selby's off. desperate for a name on his record so he doesn't become the junior witter of today, mm. um, i.e. a world champion who doesn't fight anybody. Um, and I think him against Frampton would be a massive, massive fight for both Frank and BT early in 2018. Mm. Uh, well, make sure you tune into it. Keep abreast of our social media as well throughout the course of the week as we'll be keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in Belfast. Should be an absolute cracker. Jack at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you don't subscribe, you just stumbled across this show because you've seen a retweet somewhere on one of those social media sites and you think to yourself, these lads are all right. We'll have a bit of a piece of this pie on a regular basis. You can subscribe. Uh, go to fightdisciples.com. That's our website. There's loads of stuff on there, but there's a button that you can hit which will get you uh, the subscription to whatever platform you want to consume this on. Or if you're on uh, uh, iTunes, uh, just go to iTunes and search Fight Disciples. You'll see us there. Hit the subscribe button and come and join us on a weekly basis. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.